Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast, a series for recruiters by recruiters. I'm Danny Reinert, and in each episode, I have candid conversations about careers in recruitment with some of the best talent that Teamings has to offer. They'll be giving you a glimpse into the highs and lows of their recruitment careers, their motivations and drivers, and their secret to success in the industry. You can listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and other favorite podcast platforms. Let's meet our next guest. Jordan, good morning. Hi. Hi, Danny. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Good. Thank you very much for joining us for uh, another episode of Secrets of Success. Appreciate you taking the time to do it. No worries. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Yeah, fantastic. So um, for people watching this that, you know, don't know you, could you just give me a quick overview of how long you've been at Eames, your current role and the market that you work in at the moment? Yeah, so I'm a um, principal consultant um, on the claims and operations desk um, and we focus on the insurance market um, and I've been here for about five years now or nearly five years. Nearly five. Yeah, it goes quick, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Lovely stuff. So I know it was a little while ago, five years ago, um, but if I can rewind you to just before five years ago, tell me about why you decided to get into recruitment in the first place. Yeah, so um, looking back on it now, it's actually quite funny being in recruitment, knowing how the the process works, because I actually put my CV essentially just on a job board. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do after I graduated. Um, And I got approached by quite a few rectorex um, Mm -hmm. who explained to me what recruitment might look like. Um, And it just sounded really good to me, the fact that you can progress really quickly, um, you know, really meritocratic and also, you know, potential to earn quite a lot of money as well, which was which was quite attractive, especially at that time. Um, so yeah, they kind of put me in touch with quite a few different recruitment companies. I had probably about 10 interviews in the space of a week. It was quite wow. crazy, um, for all different kind of areas. So there was marketing ones. Um, there was one I went to that they were recruiting into the NHS, mm-hmm. um, and then Eames, obviously. Yeah. And I think it was a mixture of kind of the people that I met at Eames, um, but also the market, just knowing that this market and insurance specifically probably would suit my personality quite well mm-hmm. um, so that I obviously made the decision to join Eames. Fantastic, lovely. And have, had you ever done any sort of sales role before? I'd worked actually in Harrods um, mm-hmm. for a little bit. So I was, um, in the year after I graduated, I was on the perfume and makeup counter. Oh, okay. in, in I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, so that's what I was doing. It was a zero hours contract, so it was just kind of a bit of a filler. Um, so I guess sales in that respect, but not kind of office sales or recruitment sales it was it was slightly different but still had the concept of kind of targets and KPIs Mm. and things like that but just in a slightly different way. Fantastic lovely Um, and you mentioned there kind of you decided that insurance would be the right market for you Um, that's really interesting how important do you think it is when people are thinking about moving into recruitment that they have you know obviously thinking about the right kind of company for them the right culture meeting the right sort of people but also thinking about the actual sector that they'll be recruiting in How, how important do you think that is? Yeah, I think really important and actually even more so with hindsight, because I guess at the time I didn't really know how different each industry is when it comes to recruitment. Mm. And even looking at Eames, you know, the contract desk and, um, you know, our desk versus the actuarial desk, they are still, they are very different, especially yeah. kind of within the kind of people that you're talking to. So finding um, a desk where and a kind of a market where 
kind of personality wise, you just kind of click well with candidates and, and clients mm. and, um, you know, you're comfortable going out and meeting these people face to face and, and the, yeah. the pace of the recruitment life cycle as well. Mm -hmm. I know I personally don't think I would work very well in a contract environment that's very, very quick and very go, go, yeah. go. I, I like to be a bit more kind of slow with the process or a bit more yeah. kind of consultative with the process. So, um, yeah, for me, just finding that right market, I think it's been really crucial as to, to why I've kind of enjoyed my role and also kind of why I've, I've stayed here for so long. Yeah, fantastic. I and mean, I think that's a really important takeaway for anybody listening to this about getting into their first recruitment role, making sure that they're kind of probing and asking questions around those things that you've just mentioned in an interview process. So yeah, I think that's some great advice. Um, so look, I don't want to embarrass you, but you obviously have had a lot of promotions since you've been at Eames. Um, you started with us as an associate consultant, you're now a principal consultant. Tell me when, when you look back over that, those promotions, which was the kind of most challenging step up and transition for you and why? I think definitely the jump from AC to consultant. I think the promotion since then, um, they're obviously based on financial targets, but the role itself fundamentally doesn't really change that much from consultant to, to mm. principal. More is expected of you, but the kind of yeah. fundamentals of what you do kind of stays the same. I think going from AC to consultant is the biggest kind of change because especially when you first start off, you're kind of focused on one one side of the recruitment process. And you do get more involved in in kind of doing the full life cycle before you make that step up into consultant. But I think still when you make that jump and you have that expectation on you, you know, from the business, you're now a consultant, you kind of should should know what you're doing. Um, it can be quite a scary one. Um, mm. But I think, you know, there's there's lots of kind of support and training, even when you've made that jump from consultant uh, from AC to consultant. Um, mm. And it's just kind of knowing when to still ask for kind of help when you need it, I think. Absolutely. I was going to say to you, you know, how did you still make that step up so successfully and how did you overcome the, the challenges of that transition? So, you know, asking for help even when you've been promoted, that, that would kind of be your advice on that front. Yeah, I think so. I think obviously when you join as an AC, it's kind of mandated and, you know, rightly so, you get put in these training sessions because you need to learn. Mm. And then it becomes a little bit more optional as you get more confident and, and you know, you, you kind of know what you're doing a little bit more. But I think kind of still coming back to that just kind of helps kind of refocus you a lot um, mm. and just make sure you're kind of following the process that, you know, when you do become a consultant, maybe you are a bit more confident and it becomes a little bit more organic in the way that you're speaking to candidates. Um, but kind of coming back to training and having that kind of drilled into you a little bit more, um, I think it's always, always helped me kind of refocus myself in the process. Yeah, I think refocusing in the, pro yeah, that makes a lot of sense because we've worked together relatively recently on some training and development and the, the style of the training, I suppose, changes, doesn't it? It becomes less directive and sort of me saying like when you were an AC, this is how you do a screening call and these are the questions you need to ask through to working with you as a principal consultant. It's, it's more refining your process, isn't it? And looking at things like candidate and client control in a bit more detail and maximising everything that you do and all of those opportunities. So it's, it's more of a collaborative style in training when you become more senior, isn't it? Yeah, and I think as well, you know, when you do have those training sessions with kind of your colleagues, it's kind of one of the only chances you get to hear about how other desks work and hearing about mm. how they, they solve problems. Um, and in those sessions, you can often kind of just learn by osmosis just from hearing how, the, you know, the training might not necessarily be directed at you, um, but just listening how other people have dealt with situations or, you know, how they actually follow their process um, can just really help in kind of, you know, cherry picking all the bits that you think would, would work in, for your desk and then kind of implementing yeah. them. 
yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. And I suppose it's it's not being afraid, no matter how senior you are or experienced or successful in your role, not being afraid to put your hand up and say, can I have a bit more support with this? Can I have a bit more training? Can I grab you for a, a session, Danny or your manager or anybody for that additional support, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think we did one the other day that was about counter offers. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been here for as I said five years so I've had lots of counter offers it wasn't a new topic yeah but I think just going into that training and just kind of you know going back to where does it start from you know when can you mm. start managing that it just all kind of makes it click back again into how yeah. you did it maybe in the first year where it was maybe a little bit robotic but you were getting all of the points down yeah um, it's just kind of refreshing that and bringing it all back in so you never feel like you know you're, you're missing anything yeah, absolutely. Really good point. So as we mentioned, you've been at Eames for five years. Um, it was your first recruitment role, started as an AC. Um, it's it's not always been easy, not every week, every month, every quarter you've come in and, you know, smashed every target when you've had a lot of success. But nobody, you know, sees a, a career that's completely smooth sailing over that period. And we do see in recruitment that a lot of people, especially in their first 12 months, it is really tough. They might move around, you know, leave their first recruitment company fairly quickly, go somewhere else. What stopped you from doing that when times were challenging in the early days? Yeah, um, yeah, I think probably a couple of things. I think most importantly for me is the people that I work with, mm -hmm. um, you know, generally enjoying kind of your team and, and the wider business and, you know, enjoying kind of coming into in work each day and sitting down next to people is kind of half the battle, I think. And knowing that you've got a supportive team around you, you know, my manager's, you know, very, very supportive, but also just the kind of wider team that I sit in. Mm -hmm. um, people always want to, you know, offer a hand of help or give you some advice or put you in touch with this person. So even when you have kind of maybe struggled with, you know, certain months or whatever, it's never been you felt like you've just been kind of left on your own just to to deal yeah. with it. There's been people there that have been like, OK, what can we do to help? And have you thought about this? And let's you know take you to this meeting and things like that. Mm. Um, and I think as well, just the brand of Eames um, okay. has just helped so much, especially in, in insurance. Um, you know, the amount of times I can pick up the phone to a candidate and as soon as you say Eames, you've got that credibility already before you've even told them yeah. what the job is or kind of mm -hmm. spoken to them about anything. So having that behind you just gives you the confidence to know that people are going to kind of want to take you seriously. Yeah. Um, and I think that's half the battle really is, is you know, being well known in your market and having that credibility and, and the respect. Yeah, fantastic. And especially when you're really junior, as an AC, you you maybe don't feel, I know I speak to the ACs here a lot, and they're like, oh, I don't know what to say, I don't have that credibility, and I've only been doing it what feels like five minutes, you know, why would people listen to me? But it's it's leveraging that Eames brand initially until it becomes the brand of Jordan in the market, if you know what I mean, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, fab. Um, when you look back now, um, you know, to your more junior self, what, what uh, especially when you were an AC in that first sort of six to 12 months, what, what advice, if any, would you give yourself or what would you do differently? I think, um, I mean, I've, I've always kind of struggled a little bit with imposter syndrome um, and just feeling like, you know, even when you do know what you're doing, perhaps you people think that you don't. Mm -hmm. And I think I would just say, you know, have the confidence that you've had the training, you know, you have had successes um, and you work at a really credible company and, you know, you've got people around you that are supporting you. So you kind of really can't go wrong. So you, mm -hmm. to just put it on top really is, is the confidence to just kind of move forward with that and know that you kind of know what you're talking about and you can go out and kind of do do your own work and kind of manage your own desk. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah that's that's still something that I'm I'm kind of working through but I yeah, think I'm a lot, really honest. lot better at it now than maybe I was when I was an AC and even a consultant really yeah absolutely great advice absolutely and that coupled with the advice earlier around asking for help and development and support when you need it it's it's kind of a winning combination so that's fantastic um so in terms of your role now your role now as a principal consultant is more delivery focused rather than sort of client and business new business development focused so what does it mean to be in a delivery focused role what what are you doing day to day yeah um i think there's a little bit of perhaps a misconception in that delivery means you don't have any client engagement mm. and, and that's really not the case for me um so what happens with our desk is that I just don't do any business development so I don't go and win new business yeah. but we do have um house accounts and I would manage those relationships from a client perspective mm -hmm. and also kind of any new business that does come in from our clients that are 360 uh, from our consultants that are 360 or do do bd at the point where uh, terms are signed and new roles come in I would then kind of take over in terms of kind of liaising with the client um, but my role still is very much focused on the candidate side mm -hmm. um, and I guess it stemmed from um, coming back off furlough for me uh, back in 2021 um, mm -hmm. we obviously didn't have that many many jobs on because clients were still kind of figuring out you know what they were doing in this kind of new yeah. market and it, it just made sense that I would come back on and I would in the three months that I'd been off just speak to all the candidates you know build up my candidate base back mm -hmm. um, find out from them what's going on in the market you know what their thoughts are on moving and so that was really my focus for the first kind of like month two months coming back off furlough mm. And then when the roles did come back in, it just kind of worked for our desk that, OK, we've got one person that's maybe going out and winning new business and bringing on the jobs. And we've actually got somebody that's got really good kind of consistent contact with candidates um, who can kind of, you know, you can work together and you can fill quite a broad spread of roles. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, it's just worked for our desk really well. Um, I personally really like it as a kind of way good. of working. I think I've always really enjoyed the candidate side. Mm -hmm. um, and managing that relationship and just having more time to dedicate to being a resource a resource for the team um, mm. just kind of works and, and suits my skill set I think. Perfect and I think that's where the industry has changed though, probably over the last five years predominantly certainly from what, what I've seen is that back in the day doing a delivery role it used to be called being a resourcer or something like that or working in the, on the delivery or the 180 side was almost seen as something you did when you were a junior and then everybody as they became more experienced would become a 360 recruiter um, whereas now I'm, I'm hopefully you'd agree that being in a delivery role within recruitment is a very much a career in its own right that can become senior up to director level, much like on the on the sales side. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, we've got kind of a, a business case for our team as we grow to, to build out a delivery team. And, mm. you know, and they would obviously need somebody to kind of oversee and manage that. So there's definitely career paths within delivery. Yeah. And I think as well, you know, I, I probably wouldn't want a role where I didn't have any contact at all with clients because I do think that is important to be able yeah. to have that dialogue maintain relationships so they know who you are as well um you know you're you're a name within the business and things like that mm. so I like the fact that we've managed to create something where you know there are people that are really good at BD and they love that 360 path and that's great but yeah also for people that want a slightly different kind of career path you, you can do that here mm. um and and you can be really successful in it as well 
Yeah, absolutely. And you can still make a lot of money, right? Without you can still getting... make a lot of money. <laughs> still as important as it was when you started. Exactly. Excellent stuff. Um, so look, that's absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Jordan. I think we've taken loads away in terms of top tips. What would you say, you know, if I said to you, your top two secrets of success for being successful in recruitment, whether it's as a junior or a senior, what, what would those two top tips from you be? Yeah, okay. Um, so both of mine sound a little bit cliche, but I do believe that hard work for me, um, mm -hmm. I think just working hard, I think, especially in Eames is is very well regarded. And I think if you're seen as a hard worker, yeah. people want to help you. Um, and and that, especially when you're a, a junior and you're starting out, having people want to support you and help you along in your journey kind of can't be can't be underestimated. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it, it is really as simple as if you kind of learn the basics and you work hard and you ask for help, there's very little that can go wrong in that that process that means you're, you're not going to do well. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think for me as well, it's being remaining kind of quite genuine with especially because my focus now is candidates um, and being that kind of diligent recruiter that does do the tasks that people don't always see as making you money. So it's things mm. like, you know, replying to candidates that, that you know, always replying to candidates that don't get jobs or, you know, giving really thorough feedback even when it's potentially negative and you've got to find a way yeah. of delivering that and keeping in contact when, you know, you don't have any jobs for them and, and, and they want to kind of keep in contact with you and just keeping that relationship open. Um, just so you're, you know, your brand within the market, I think, is is really important and as important in the candidate market as it is with clients, um, mm. especially in my markets. You know, everybody kind of talks to each other. They're quite yeah. small. Um, so, you know, kind of burning bridges there really can can kind of make your life quite difficult. Um, and also, ultimately, you know, again, cliche, but candidates become clients. So yeah. I think just kind of having that mentality of always just wanting to to be diligent and, and be respectful of, of people at the end of the day, um, again, I think you can't really go wrong with that. I don't think you can go wrong with either of those two top tips. I mean, if literally if people just followed that, I think everyone would be successful in recruitment. So fair play to you. Absolutely love it. Thank you so much, Jordan. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. No worries. Thanks a lot, Danny. Take care. Bye. <laughs>